0: Hey, let's open up our Bibles over to the book of uh, Psalms. I'm going to the book of Psalms, chapter 20. And uh, how, many of you got a, how many of you got your actual, like, physical paper Bible in here today? Let me see it. Let me see it. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Let me see it. Word up. Like, there you go. Yeah. Word up. Word up. How many got a little, got a screen action going on? You got your phone? Let me see it. A lot of glowing, a lot of glowing phones in the place. If you don't have your Bible with you, we'll have it for you up on the screens. But in the book of Psalm, chapter 20, verse 7, it says something really interesting. I'm going to start in verse 6. You don't have that for the screen, but let me give you this. It says, now I know. Someone says, I know. Someone say, someone say, I know. I know. It says, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Like, he says, I'm confident. It's going to be okay. Like, no matter what I walk through, no matter what I face, no, no matter how deep the water gets, no matter how hot the fire gets, I know God's going to save his anointed. This is confidence, you see, in the psalmist, you see. See, so he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Now, how do you know? How do you have this confidence? Watch. Because some trust in chariots, others trust in horses, but we will remember, or we will trust in the name of the Lord our God, in the name of the Lord our God. Would you pray with me? God, as we get into your word, we just pray you would get your word into us, and you'd help us, God, understand what it is that this psalmist obviously understood about your name. God, show us your name, and God, help us to not just know your name intellectually, God, but to learn to call upon your name, God. Live within the the character, the truths of the character, God, that you reveal in your name. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said, amen, amen. Some trust in chariots, others trust in horses, but the psalmist says, I trust, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. In the name. You see, chariots and, and, and horses back in the day, like that's kind of a reference that, you know, we're not, we don't throw around a whole lot. Like I don't, I don't run around trusting in chariots and horses today. But in that day, the kings of old, whenever they were taking on some new territory, they would look to their horses and their chariots, and they would put confidence in their horses and chariots to help them conquer some some new territory. The kings of old, when they had a opposing, uh, maybe an enemy coming in to attack them, well, they would trust in their chariots and their horses to to defend them. And so, you see, the horses and the chariots are what they would used to advance their territory. It's what they would use to protect their territory. It's what they would trust in. It's what they'd have confidence in. And here's the question I have for you today as we kind of open up this whole topic of the names of God. It's what are you trusting in? Come on. Where where are you finding your confidence? Where are you finding your strength? And all of us are. Because see, whether, whether we realize it or not, we're all a lot like the kings of old. We're all advancing territory, come on, and, and we're all protecting territory, we're all living this, this thing called, called life, and life is built in this advancement, protection, advance, protect, and, and we're doing this all the time, and as we are, we're trusting in, in something. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious in your life today, where, where are the places that you're looking to, to advance, Come on, come on. So you, got, you got some dreams you're chasing, you got some ambitions, you got some hopes for your future, you've got some things that you want to see happen that haven't happened yet. Anyone in here? Come on, wake up, citizens, you with me? I think maybe I got to turn my mic up a little bit or something. Get in, let's, let's go. Um, I got a lot of dreams. You know, a lot of my dreams, a lot of my dreams are, are centered here at, at Citizens. Like, when I dream, I, I'm, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming to see this church continue to reach more and more people. I I want to see hundreds and thousands of of lost kids come home. Like, I want to see. Are you with me? Like, I believe we're going to see that. I want to see revival. Like, what our schools need right now in the midst of all the depression on our our high school campuses and college campuses and all the suicides. And what they need is the hope that only the gospel can bring. And and I want to be at the forefront. I want citizens to be at the forefront of living in a revival. I, I see it. I want to see more marriages healed. More addictions broken. Man, I want to see, see us build something that lasts beyond us. And we will. We're going to build a church that lasts longer than all of us. If Jesus doesn't come back. And we're going to see a whole generation changed. Now, I'm dreaming. I got dreams. I want to see our first permanent venue. Come on, everybody. Amen. Like, where are you at? Like, that would be nice. We're working on it, I'm just praying, I'm dreaming. So, wh- what are your dreams? Like, what are your, what do you dream, what do you, what is the territory you're, you're, you're wanting to take? For some of you, you know, it's, then you find that you want to, you want to graduate from that school. You want to, some of you want to finally buy that house. You want to get that job. Others of you want to finally find love. Oh, I just want to find, I want to find him, I want to find her, you know. <laughs> Mike, you're married. That's <laughs> not good. It's, it's not good. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. For some of you, it's, man, you just want to, you want to overcome that addiction. You want to provide for your family. What are your dreams, okay? What are you advancing? Well, life isn't just about advancing like these kings of old. Life is also about protecting. And so you got some things you're, you're, you're protecting. There's, you're, 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 you've got some threats against you. And so you have places in your life where you have to guard yourself against the threats that, that are coming against you. And here's the question is, is in everything that you're looking to advance toward and in everything that you're looking to guard from, where are you turning? What are you trusting? What do you find confidence in? We're advancing. We're protecting. You know, Tatum and I went uh, several years ago. We hiked to the top of Sanji. Um, and it was a great idea until we got to the top of Sanji. It was a beautiful day, and we set off early in the morning. If you know anything about getting to San Diego, it takes a long time to get all. It's a whole day thing. You start at 6 in the morning. You push, push, push. You eat lunch on the top. And you get back about six, seven at night. Like it's a it's a whole day of hiking, climbing, climbing, So we get all the way to the top of Sanji. It is a beautiful day. And right, right when you get to near the peak of Sanji, you get above timberline. And it's really, really beautiful. All the trees disappear, and you just feel like you're on another planet. There's bighorn sheep up there. We saw the whole herd of it. it's incredible. And so we get up to the top, past the tree line, we push all the way to the top. Beautiful day. Sit down, we're we're having lunch, and it's just gorgeous. And all of a sudden, the wind picks up a little bit. All of a sudden, like out of nowhere, like nowhere, a cloud, like I I kid you not, is like starting to swirl above our heads. The temperature dropped, gosh, probably about 25 degrees, 30 degrees, like instantly dropping, and it starts hailing on us. I'm talking perfect sun to hail, like coming out of the sky hitting, I'm packing up, I turn to look at Tatum, and she's gone, like gone. Tatum's got her stuff, her backpack, and she's hauling down the mountain, looking to find some shelter from everything that's threatening us, but the problem is we're above timberline, there are no trees And guys, all the little switchbacks we took to get to the top of that mountain, they're supposed to walk back down nice and carefully. Tatum's like beelining like through all of them, like skipping over them, jumping down the side of the mountain. I'm like, babe, wait for me. I Clean up everything else, and i come running down after her. And here's Tatum shivering under this little tree, soaking wet freezing cold, because we could find no shelter. And we're trusting in these, well, first there was no trees. These little trees that could do nothing for us. And see, life's going to do that sometimes. Life sometimes is going to just out of nowhere, what, where'd this come from? How did, what, and and you just got to know in all of your advancing and in, and in everything that you have to protect, when, when life comes at you, you just got to know, where are you are going to turn? Where are you going to find shelter? Come on, where do you turn? Where do you find shelter? You know, the problem today is that we often turn to things that are unworthy of us turning to. We try to find hope in things that are unworthy of our hope. And so we put hope in things that can't give us hope. And when those things fail us, we have no hope. And we walk around hopeless. And this is where a lot of people are today. Can I tell you why you're hopeless? It's because you're not putting your hope in the right place. It's because you put your hope in so many foolish things. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. That was the foolish things back then. But today, it's some trust in bank accounts. Hey, some trust. Some trust in their wit. Some trust in their good looks, not gonna take you very far. I I mean I know you think you look good, but they're not gonna get you that far. Man, some some trust in some trust in people. I mean, I love people. But people are people. And if I put all my trust in people, it's just a matter of time before them people don't become my people because I'm really offended by how they. Treated me or what they did. Some of we put our trust in. What are you putting your trust in? So he says, some trust in bank accounts, but I trust in the name of God. Hey, some trust, some trust in their wit and everything they can, but I trust in the name of my God. See, some trust in in, what's, in what they can do and what they can, but I will trust in the name of my God. He knew something. Come on, amen. Like he knew something about this name of God. You see, when we think of names, we, we you know, for us it's just what we call people. But in the old testament, a name held significance. A name represented character. It's it's the it's the it's the essence of who a person is. And they would speak that over a child. We we pick names because they're cool, hip and trendy. And we found them in a book. With thousands of names. That's a that is a ridiculous process, by the way, trying to find a name for your child. It's a lot of fun, but it's very stressful. We didn't have Raya's name until the day she was born. We were walking around, I don't know what to call her. Let's just call her flow. And I'm telling you what, her name means flow, Raya means flow. And she is flow all day, I'm telling you. Cadence, her name her name means it's a rhythm, a cadence. If you know cadence, you're gonna we are moving. Like it is a rhythm in right? Elias means the the Lord is my God. So my, my family has all these really cool names. You know, Tatum, Elias, Raya, Cadence. What's your name? Chris. It's like, any other Chris's in the house? Yeah, see, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, we all grew, a lot of us out there. But in that day, a name held significance. It was the character, the, the essence of a person. So follow me here. Here's what the psalmist is saying. Some are going to trust and chariot. Some are going to trust in bank accounts. Some are going to trust in this. Some are gonna, but I'm going to trust. Watch in the name of the Lord. I'm going to watch by, by by trusting the name. They understood that God gave those names so that they would invoke the the character that they represent. They would invoke the the essence that they're speaking of. Each of those names are, are meant to reveal a different aspect of God's character to us. And in the Old Testament, they understood that. And so what they would do is they would call out on that name, that specific name of God for the specific situation that they were in. Like as, as if going, God, this is who you are. So do what it is you do. Oh, God, by the way, almost like, like your name's on the line here, God, because it literally is. Like this is who you are. And so, God, if you don't do what it is you say your name does, well, then is that really your name? And they trusted it. They invoked the names of God. As they would move through their life, advancing and protecting, advancing and protecting, they would always turn to the names of God. What they did is they declared them out loud the truth of, in declaring his names, they were declaring out loud the truth of who he is so that they could live under the implications of what that meant. Is everyone following me? So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. What what's what run into what? Run into the name of the Lord. So what I want to teach you in this series is to identify some of the names of the Lord. When you're, when you're looking at your Bible, you see Lord or you see God. Behind that is a Hebrew word. And a lot of different Hebrew names for God were translated just as Lord or translated just as, as God. Lord, L-O-R-D, all capital. Lord, lowercase, uh, God. They all meant something different. There's a different name behind them. And, the, and we want to learn to do what the Old Testament saints of old did to invoke those names, to call out on those names. And what you'll find yourself doing is is trusting God in new areas of your life because you understand the dynamics of who He is and what He wants to do in those areas of your life. Amen, you with me? So let me give you, just in the rest of our time this morning, kind of a baseline starting point for understanding the names of God. And the very first name that we run into in Scripture is the name Elohim. Who's heard that before? Elohim. The very first name we run into in Scripture is for God, is how he's chosen to reveal himself. It's the name Elohim. Now, Elohim is one of the most commonly used names of God referenced in the Old Testament. But it's not actually a name. It's a title. And you need to understand this. See, all of the neighbors of the children of Israel, of ancient Egypt, believed in a spiritual um, realm, and they obviously believed in an earthly realm. And what they would say about the um, spiritual realm is that there was a lot of Elohim in the spiritual realm. And what Elohim was, a spiritual being, something beyond this, this earthly planet. It was, uh, they, uh, they, they saw them as, as beings that held some sort of office, that did something. And what would happen is that they would not call the names of these Elohim. They just knew them. They didn't know by them, them by their names. They knew them by their activity. Okay, you following me? So they had, they believed in ancient Egypt and, and around the, the children of Israel. They, they believed in a lot of different Elohims. Matter of fact, when you go back and study Egyptian history, which is where they were being held captive, with where they were, uh, they would even, the Pharaohs were even known as Elohim, because they would see them as having some kind of connection to the, to the spiritual realm. So there's all these Elohim, but, but here's what you need to understand. You didn't call them the name of that Elohim, you knew, you didn't know them by their name, you knew them by their activity. What, what are they doing? Okay, what are they doing? They had all these ideas about what they all did. Well. Here comes biblical scripture. Here comes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God, introducing himself to the world in Genesis 1-1. And this is why it's so important, Genesis 1-1, because you're getting a glimpse of Elohim for the very first time, of the Elohim that all of scripture is now going to talk about. And what do we learn? Remember, we don't know by name. We know by activity. So what does Genesis introduce us to? In the beginning, Elohim did something. What did he do? Created the heavens and the earth. Here's what scripture says. Hey, everybody, listen. I don't know what God you've been chasing around. I don't know. But let me tell you about the one and only true God. He's the creator of all of it, right? He, like, like, he's the one who spoke the worlds into existence, hung the stars in the sky. He's creator. Oh, and... By the way, the implications of that is, are there, I mean, follow it here. If he created it all, he's ruler of it all. Hey, by the way, if he created it all, he's over it all. He's greater than it all. He's bigger than it all. He's judge of it all. He's, come on, he's over it all. See, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And, and in Hebrew thought, when you think of Elohim, you would think of creator. And therefore Ruler. And therefore, greater over everything. Just drop the mic. There you go. My God is greater than all your Elohim. So, some of you need to realize that today. Your God is greater. Like when you get up against situations that you you see no way out of, and you feel like are going to take you down, and you feel, hey, Elohim, your God is the creator of heavens and earth, and if he spoke the world into existence, created something out of nothing, he could probably handle the issue you're facing today. He could probably find a creative way, come on, as creator, to get you through whatever it is you're, you're up against today. See, When you put your hope in Elohim, you're putting your hope in the creator. And listen, he's not just over creation. If you let him, he'll be over your future. He'll be over your purpose. He'll be over your family. He'll be over your marriage. He'll be over your enemies. He'll be over what's threatening you. If you let him, listen, he'll be over it all because, listen, he is. And it's just you invoking that, stepping into that. God, you're Elohim. You created it all. You're greater than it all, bigger than it all. Hope oh, of that enemy. See, whenever you find yourself stressed or worried, it's because you've gotten your eyes off Elohim. It's because you've allowed your problem to be bigger than Elohim. And the reality is Elohim is much bigger than whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is your problem is. Elohim. So when I think of Elohim, I'm filled with hope, not just from the fact that he is greater than it all. Now follow me, I'm going to give you three quick things. Not just the fact that he's greater than it all, but, and not just from the fact that he's vast, and he's superior, and he's infinite. That's all true, right? Because he's creator. But I also take hope, in, and here's where I want to push this and land this today so you understand it. I also find hope in the fact that he's close. Look at, he's, he's intimate. And he's, he's loving, and, and, and he's caring, you see creator god elohim did this right spoke the worlds into existence massive vast but he also did this he came close and, and in the book of psalm 139 what it tells he does in psalm 139 it says for you created you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully what? Made. You see, he, he speaks the world into existence as creator, Elohim. But it's the same word used here when Elohim comes down and he starts to knit you, knit, knitting you together. All the days, it says in Psalm one thirty nine sixteen ordained for me, were written in your book before they came to be. In other words, you were on my mind before you were on this earth, and I knit you together. So here's what Elohim as your creator, what it means for you. It means he's looking after you. He's looking after you. Write that down. He's looking after me. If God took so much care in putting you together, don't you think he's going to take care of your life? Amen. He spoke the world into existence. Come on, think about how, like, we speak all the time. It's very easy. And for God, creating the universe was just kind of like, oh, what do I show you today, let's create a universe. He just says it. He speaks it out. But then, watch this. When he's like, you know, I want to create you. And I'm going to create you. And I'm going to create you. You know what he did? He didn't speak. He went. Someone bring me some yarn. Someone bring me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to knit. And when you knit, man, that take. I, I've never done it because I don't have the patience or the creativity or the, but God does. And he sits down and he thinks about every little twist and every little nod and every little color and every little and he sits and he take you spoke the world into existence and yet you sit down and you take that much time and intentionality to sit and create me do you understand the intricacy and the intimacy and the intentionality that God put into every fiber of your being while you were in your mother's womb he created you he together. Like, why am I like that? Well, oh, God, put that in there, and he's going to do something with it. All of it. And you need to understand that. Rest in that. Hey, you be you. You've been walking around trying to apologize for who you are. I'm so sorry. So sorry. I'm like, so... God says, no, you be you. Don't try to be like them. Don't try to be like them. Don't try. God made you you because he needed a you here. And so he knit you together. In your mother's womb now look at you got to know because he knit you together he's gonna look after you like you you look after the things you created i did a i had a uh, project uh car little mg midget and i'm putting that thing together and it, when i'm putting this together I'm like don't you put your hands on it hey get your hands off that kids whose bike is leaning get that bike off my car Get all your stuff out. Hey, don't, this is, this is not a storage bin. Everybody Get your stuff. Like, I would take care of the car. Why? Because I'm, I'm working on this. I'm creating this. Like, like, back off. And do you know that that's how God feels about you. I mean, seriously. That's how, how fixed and focused he is. he is on you. You don't believe me? Listen to Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But now, says the Lord, who created you. There's that word, Elohim. Who created you, O Jacob? He who formed you, O Israel? Fear not. Watch this. Do you you see that the foundation of us fearing not? What what is the foundation for me fearing not? The fact that God created me, right? See it again. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name. He knows your name. You are mine. You're mine. Hey, God says you're mine. Now, because you're mine, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall flame scorch you, for I am your Elohim. See, what is it all based in? The fact that you're His. So here's what it means: when you see the flood waters rising. When you feel the heat getting turned up in your life, you go, Elohim, I, I'm not, like, I, I, be, I belong to him. And, and when those waters are, are, are rising around me, I'm like, okay, it's getting deep. But I'm okay. He created me. He's looking after me. Hey, the fire's getting turned up. Where's it getting turned up in your life? I'm going to be okay. He created me. He's looking after me. He's looking after me. Tell your neighbor, he's looking after you. Come on, tell him, he's looking after you. He's looking after you. Elohim, he's looking after you. Do you know what else it means? It means he's going to show off through you. Write that down. He's looking after me. He's showing off through me. He's showing off through you. Isaiah 43 that we just read down in verse 7 goes on to tell us this. It tells us why we were created. It says, I created you, he says, you are the one I created, whom I have created, verse 7, for my, someone say glory. 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 There's an old church word, glory. glory. I created you. God, why, why, why did you create? Why did you take so much time knitting me together in my mother's? What, 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 what were you up to? Oh, I'll tell you what I was up to. I was up to my glory. I was, I was looking for a way to bring glory to myself. I, I created, he says, them for my glory. I have formed him, yes, I have made him. You know, glory Glory means this. It means to give correct estimation to. It, it means to bring into view or to magnify, like a, like a tele, telescope magnifying the moon. The moon is big. A lot of us don't know it's big until so you look through a telescope and you're like, wow. That's bigger than I thought. Right? And then you see like a, you know, videos of Spaceships landing on the moon. Like, that don't look like that big from here. How do you? When you magnify or glorify something, you're bringing the bigness, the greatness, the majesty of something into bigger view. What God says is this, watch. I'm gonna take your life. I created I put you here, I knit you together, I put, made you the way you, I did all of this so that I could bring glory to myself, Okay. And so here's the implications of that. Here's what that means. It means that when you're facing whatever you're facing, when you're taking new territory, when you're defending this territory, that you got to remember Elohim who created you is also going to look to glorify himself through you. So what's he doing? What does God want to do? What is God going to bless as I go out to advance in my life, like the kings did. What is God gonna get behind? Anything that brings glory back to him. Anything that shows the world how big he is. And so if I'm hitting my head up against something or I build something, God wipes it out, what is, it, what is he doing? That's not, this is not where I'm gonna glorify myself in your life right now. That's what that, always, always what it is. God, why did you allow me to be there for that season and now you've wiped that out, you've moved me to here in this new season, why? glory? It's always glory. Because that once was what I was using to glorify you, glorify myself through you. Now, this is what I'm going to use to glorify myself through you. And if you find yourself wandering or wondering, where am I supposed to go next? Look for the place that's going to bring most glory to God. And he will say yes to it every time. Because that's where his heart is. I'm telling you, it brings clarity, doesn't it? Like, God, where do you want to glorify yourself? How do you want to do it? It's always, I created, here's what I'm doing. I'm just going to. I like to say it this way. I'm going to show off through you. I just want to show off through your life. So in all of your advancements, God, how can I bring you glory? How do I bring you glory in this marriage? How do you bring you glory as I'm raising these children, God? How do I how do I bring you glory at the workplace, God? How do I how do I magnify you? How do I show the world around me just a little bit more of how great you are through the way that I handle adversity? Through the God, how do I bring you glory? It's always what He's up to, and your best bet is to get on page with where His heart is. Amen. So if that's what God is in your advancements, where is He in your when when you're under attack, like? Like when things don't go the way you planned. Come on, everybody, look at me. Does that ever happen, to anybody? Anybody at all? Okay, look, look, come on, watch. It didn't go according to plan. It's not working out the way you thought. And I'm talking tough stuff. There are some things that'll hit your life that'll leave you asking why. Like, why in the world? I'm talking loss of loved ones. I'm talking, like, loss of income. I'm talking loss. of When you hit deep loss, you got to understand this. You're going to ask why, 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 why. And you may never get a why on this earth. You see, we live in a fallen planet. It's broken. Things are going to, and, and sometimes that, the brokenness of this planet is going to lash out against you and hit you. And, and you it, there might be be some harm that comes to your life. And there's deep grieving and and, and, and grief. And and here's what you need to understand is that you may never have the why, but you always know the what God is going to do. There was a man born blind in the Gospels and the disciples walked by and they go, Jesus, what happened? Like who sinned that he's born blind? Like something went wrong. And it's interesting, Jesus' answer, he says, it was neither his parents nor him that sinned but that the glory of God might be seen through him. So watch, God doesn't answer the why. He says, like, like come on, we're not going to be able to, on this side of the planet, answer why. Like, this is an eternal question. This is something you won't get until you get to heaven. This is something you may, like, like we're not going to answer the why, but can I get you to start thinking about the what? And what I'm going to do is use this situation, any situation, to bring glory to myself. I'm going to find a way to show you a little bit more clearly how much I love you. I'm, I'm going to find a way to show you just the depths of my grace. I'm going to find a way to help you to, to magnify myself in your life and, and show you my strength in a new way, show you in the world around you my majesty in a new way. I'm going to find a way. What is God up to in the middle of it? glory. And see, I know you want the answer to the why, but can I tell you, 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 you'll get into a better spot when you get your heart into the what? And it's like, God, what? What do you want to do? How do you want to glorify yourself in this? How do you want to glorify yourself in this loss? How do you want to glorify yourself in in this situation, how do you want to glorify yourself in this pain? How do you want to glorify God, how, what, like, what are you going to do? God, will you just show off right now? And I'm telling you, you get your heart on the page that God's heart is on, and there's something just starts happening. There's a peace there. There's a strength there. There's a, God just starts showing off through it. I've had friends walk through the, I mean, like, I have a friend that will walk through the, the loss of a, loved, of a loved one. I was at the funeral. And he's like, God, what in the heck? Why? Why? But can I tell you that my 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 friend was able to through God's grace move into the God, what do you want to do? And God started just pouring fuel on this, glorifying himself through it. And there's people that have come to know Jesus through that death. There's people who, like there's like people who've been like cared for in their own grief through I mean, just like God, but see. He was a man who was willing to say, God, bring glory to yourself through it. You see? Your creator created you, knit you together in your mother's womb to show off through you. Let him. Amen? Elohim, creator. He's the God who's looking after you. He's the God who's showing off to you. And as we close, he's the God who's not done with you. Oh, see, now you're happy. Man, I thought, I thought this is as far as we were gonna get. Boy, I thought I messed this up so much that there's just no hope. I thought, I thought I made such a mess of everything that there was no way to put this back together. I thought, oh, but Elohim, creator, he steps in and goes, oh, we're not done yet. Hold everything. I'm still creating, like, like I'm still developing. And you as his creation, connected to the creator, are always going to be, I call it living in the in. Can I tell you right now, look at it. Don't get so discouraged. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. Come on. I know. I know. But don't get discouraged. You're growing. You're I know you don't want to hear it because I thought, you, you know, you thought you were mature already, but you're maturing. Like, you, you're, you're developing. Oh, that little rough spot in the marriage? If you both can just get on this page, look at each other and go, okay, we're living in the e'en, all right? We're, we're letting God develop us right now. He's developing you, he's developing me. you got to develop a little more than me, but, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know that's what you think. It's not true. But see, I'm just, I wake up yielded to a creator who goes, yeah, but let's mold that. Let's change that. Let's shift that. Let's grow that. let us And I just got to, because I'm connected to the creator, I wake up every day going, I'm just living in the E am I'm, because I'm, he's creating constantly, right? And so I'm just going to live in that. I'm just going to explore that. Just be okay with that. And. I, therefore, look, because God is, is is creator, it means that my best days are always ahead of me. They always are. Why? Because he's still creating. Have you seen what he did with the universe? Well, that same God is still working in this universe. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this. Like, Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Some put their confidence here. Can I tell you where I'm confident? I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Here's what I'm confident of. My creator is going to keep on creating. Do you remember the song as a kid? That he's still working on me. Probably not. If you grew up in church, he's still working on me. Your job, your mission this week, and the rest of your life is you just choose to let him. You got to, you just got to keep saying yes. Some of you think, but you think, because I hear you, but you don't understand. Like, there's just like nothing to work with here in me. There's nothing to work with here in this relationship. Like, there's nothing to work with here in this marriage. There's nothing to work with here. Can I, can I just interrupt you for a second and remind you that Elohim created the universe from nothing. So if you've got nothing to bring, then you've got something. Because your nothing in Elohim's hands is a whole lot of something, everybody. Amen? Like, God, I got nothing. He's like, give it here. Just bring your nothing. And watch me turn it to something, because that's what Elohim does, every single time. You are the clay; He is the Potter. He is the Potter. I am the clay, and my job—I mean, you've all seen it. What was the movie? We Ghost or whatever the heck it was with the clay. Was that what it was? Such an old movie. So awkward scene, right? Get that out of your head. We're not going to go there anymore. The clay's job is just to stay yielded. The potter's job is to, watch, put pressure, shape, mold. Your job is to stay yielded. Stay yielded. Stay yielded. Let him create. 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 Some say Elohim. Say it. Say Elohim. Elohim. The one who created the heavens and the earth. (laughs) The one who, therefore, is over it all. Ruler of it all. The one who's looking after you, showing off through you, and it's not done with you. Elohim.